0: Hey Shalene. this is Brett Shuford, aka The Broadway Life Coach, and I am so inspired by the last podcast I listened to you, where you talked about being authentic and how you spoke openly about your Christian faith and your acceptance of LGBTQ community. I am a member of that LGBTQ community. My husband and I have a brand, Broadway Husbands, and of course my entrepreneurial life as The Broadway Life Coach, and I listened to your podcast every week, and get so much information, inspiration. You've helped me learn how to clarify my vision, clarify my goals and my tribe. And you just made me feel even more welcome into your community. I'm so grateful to have found you. I found you through Sean Cannell. So much I want to say to you, but I just want to say thank you for your podcast and thank you for including people like me into your community. So much love. I will talk to you soon. Bye.
1: What is up? Welcome to this edition of The Shalene Show, where we are spilling the tea. Let's keep it 100% real. I have said from the beginning, I like to eat all natural. I like to think of myself as a authentic, organic, natural girl who doesn't necessarily need to look natural. Y'all, I don't wake up looking beautiful. I have been doing Botox for, mm, let's see, probably like 12 years and, and I've been public about it. So it's probably why you have been hitting me up on social media, asking me all of your questions about cosmetic surgery, injectables, Botox, the safety, all of these things, but I'm not the expert. And I certainly want you to be informed to make the decision that's right for you. But for some reason, a lot of people like aren't talking about this, and I don't know why. So I thought, rather than me sharing with you my opinion, let's go to the expert, a woman who I think, first of all, she gets us because she is 50 She looks so much younger, but she looks natural, you know, like there are women who you can tell they've done so much. It's like, okay, that just does not look good. And then there's those younger women who do so much that they look older. Anyways, today I bring to you Dr. K. I've been following her on Instagram for forever. And I was so excited that she agreed to sit down with me and answer your questions today on The Chalene Show. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Okay, before we get to the interview, as you can probably tell, I have had this annoying cold for more than three weeks or so. And it's just a cold. It's no big deal. But it really has affected my vocal quality. So if I sound a little sexier than normal, you know why. The next thing I want to say is that you were able to submit your questions for this episode. And the way that you're able to do that is by following me on Instagram. So y'all, Take your phone out. There's two people I want you to follow. Right now, it's going to make a big difference in this episode. The first is you want to follow me because, oh, I sure did get my face shot up after this episode. Spoiler alert. So I am at Chalene Johnson. You don't even have to look for it. Just look below in the show notes and you'll see it's like the very first thing you can click on. You can follow me right there on Instagram. Right below my name, you'll see the link to Dr. K's Instagram and you definitely want to follow her too, because then you can see a lot of these procedures that we're about to talk about in this episode. Like she does this amazing non-surgical nose job that's unbelievable. Like, I mean, I've had some friends had nose jobs. It is a gnarly surgery. So to think that you can kind of see what you're going to look like and make some major improvements without having to go under the knife, that's kind of cool. And she's really a gifted artist. I mean, she has pioneered in its artistry, the artistry of helping a woman maintain her looks without changing her looks. Now, of course, there are women that she's in you know, LA. So there's tons of women who go to her to completely change their looks. And unfortunately, those are much younger women. But for someone who's my age, if you're in your 40s or 50s, I don't think we're interested in like being the next Bella Hadid. We're not trying to look like we're 20. We just It would be nice if we woke up and looked a little more rested, if we looked a little bit more like we felt. So no judgment. If you're against this stuff, well, then don't listen. This is for the gals out there who are like, yeah, I'm a little curious. I'd like to know how safe this is. I'd like to know what to start with, what to think about. I'd like to know about the different types of products and procedures and all of the things. And like, should I be injecting my face? Does that make sense? Or should I be considering a facelift? All of those things. She's remarkable. She is our kind of girl. I was able to go up to her offices in Pasadena, California. By the way, she does see patients who are from outside the area. They'll do like a Skype consultation. Okay, now just a little warning when you go to her Instagram. First of all, there's going to be needles. You can actually see the procedures being done. That's number one. Number two, you're going to look at some of the stuff that she's posted on Instagram and think that she only treats women who are in their like you know, early 20s and 30s who are Instagram models. And that is because, as you might expect, you have to offer your consent to be featured on her Instagram page. And the younger generation, I don't know how old you are, but like 20 and 30 year olds, they are fine with telling you like, oh, girl, I have my cheeks done. I have my nose done. I have my boobs done. I have my lips done. I have my ears done. I have my eyebrows done. I've been doing Botox since I was six months old. Like, Younger girls have no problem copying to it, at least it seems that way, and especially those on Instagram because they love the fact that they're being featured on a bigger page. These are social media influencers, a lot of them, and they love it. But trust me when I say women our age are doing it too. They're just, for whatever reason, way more secretive about it. They just don't want to tell anyone. And I get it. Whenever someone tells me, oh my gosh, you look so much younger for your age. I don't want the average woman to think like, okay, what am I doing wrong if Chalene doesn't have wrinkles on her forehead? Chalene doesn't have wrinkles on her forehead because Chalene does Botox, y'all. And I just don't know why we don't share our secrets with each other. Okay. Keep those things in mind when you look at her Instagram page. And then, of course, if you'd like to see a gal over 30. Okay, fine. Over 40. All right. Fine. Over 50. Who's also had work done by Dr. K. Check me out on Instagram, y'all. At Chalene Johnson. Here we go. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really am excited. I've been a fan of yours, been watching your work online and then like listening to you, just your stance, your message, your beliefs about beauty. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm like, you know, for so many women, they struggle with this idea of if I am improving something, does that mean I don't love myself? If I want to, you know, I don't know, change something about my appearance or improve something about my appearance or rejuvenate a part of my appearance. Does this mean that I'm shallow Mm -hmm. or that I'm fake or that I, again, I think that there's something wrong with me? So can you speak to us before we get into like the specific questions that everyone has? Of course. How is it you help people with that coming to grips with like, how do I make sense of that message?
0: I really feel that the message is you can be a woman of substance and a woman of character and intelligence and want to look good and feel good and present the best version of yourself to the world. And there is absolutely nothing wrong and everything right with maintaining our face which is our identity yeah and i tell my patients and i tell my own daughters and i have three daughters and i don't want them to grow up with a warped twisted sense of beauty Mm -hmm. but i do tell them like you need to maintain you can't have a car for 80 years and not put maintenance into it and expect it to run right look right and just be right yeah so by the same standards like your face is going to go through these natural changes of fat pads deflating atrophying changing but if you don't maintain you lose your sense of identity. There can be a time in your life when you look in the mirror and feel like, hey, I don't look like myself anymore. I hear yes. that message from women so often. Yeah. So in our brains, we have this version of our you know, prototype avatar version of ourselves and we need to really always look like that or at least strive to be like that. When you give up, and you don't care how you look anymore, that's to me the saddest thing. Wow. That you don't really want to invest in yourself and you don't care how you feel about yourself. It's just really letting go.
1: Yeah, it's interesting what you said. We have this in our mind, an avatar of what we look like. And if somebody takes photos of you, right, and you're giving them permission to post it, it's like you go through like 20 that all look horrible and then you find that one, you're like, yeah, that's 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 what I'd like to think I look like, you know?
0: It's funny you should say that. And that's why people are obsessed with filters and why I love oh, filters because yes. like some days I need to have my avatar present for me because yeah. maybe I'm a little tired and I love how I look in a filter. But I also really feel strongly that we need to not present this warped version of beauty where everyone is a filtered Agreed. You know, picture so Agreed. that real women start to feel so terrible about how they look in real life that they're just having image distortion problems and body image disorder and self-hatred and insecurity.
1: Yeah. I see that happening a lot, and I will notice that certain people, they will only go to social media with a filter on. And there was a period of time when Snapchat first came out and they I was like, oh wow, what's this little filter? You know, like a subtle beauty filter. And I started using that all the time, and then yes. I fell in love with the app and realized like, but now I'm seeing things in the mirror that I'm not comfortable with because I'm becoming more accustomed to this filtered version of myself and had to stop. Like, that I'm like, totally, oh, it's because that of the filter. It completely
0: happened to me, also, where I felt like I did not want to take a picture without a filter because every normal picture, you just see like so many little flaws that you've been yeah. masking with filters. Yeah. In reality, you need to know who you are and be who you are and present that. I did a whole post on JLo. I saw that. Did you see yeah. that? I got so many comments about how she is one of my idols. And I love her and respect her so much. And she's the bomb. Right. But I did not like how she's only posting filtered images of herself. Because when you Mm -hmm. see an unfiltered image, she's a real woman who's had twins and Mm -hmm. who's 50, who's had a little surgery and a little good work. But there are lines and time changes, things that every woman is going to go through. And if you can't present a realistic version of what 50 is to your followers, And you have such a big voice and you're just pretending like everything's perfect. Yeah. I don't think that's right.
1: I was happy to see that from you, too, because I'm sure when I read that many of the comments, people were surprised. Like, wait a second. Yeah. You know, in the line of work that you're in, I would think that, you know, isn't that exactly what you're talking about? That people need to have a realistic expectation, but aren't you also Mm -hmm. injecting people and improving their looks? But as you say, a fine line. Mm -hmm. So what is that fine line, you know? When we talk about injectables, like everyone in my audience is like, I wanna know about this and about cosmetic surgeries and when and and all the questions, but they're all so afraid of looking like the stereotypical, you know, Beverly Hills, swollen face, overly filled,
0: I mean, the good filler is filler that you can't tell it's been done. Mm. So filler where you can see a bloated, puffy filler face with large cheeks that are not matching normal. Like every eye can pick that up.
1: Mm.
0: So patients are scared of that. But when the good filler is done properly and you do filler maybe like twice a year, you're really going to notice that the face just looks rested. You have age appropriate changes. Like we don't try to fix every line, but we just want you to look supported and maintained. So I think fillers, the main purpose of filler is to fight drooping, Gravity changes and facial fat changes. Because mm. if you have really good underground fat pads, your skin's going to drape nicely. You will have, you know, your cheeks will be in the right position. You won't have deflation and drooping. Yeah. So I think that's so important. And I would have loved to comment more on that JLo post, but I posted it right when I got on an airplane. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was like there was no Wi Fi. Then as soon as I landed, Somehow I had volunteered to do a parent party that night at our house, the ninth grade parent party. So I had 120 guests. And oh. My husband wouldn't, I'm sure he would not have liked it if I dashed into, into like, a, you know, how you have to, to, to go run into a bathroom and like do a post really quickly. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you've never been had. there. Have you been? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, where you like, or yeah, under the covers, with yes. With a light, yes. right. Your so I would have liked to comment more because people did criticize me. Like, yes, I'm in this industry that's so hypocritical. All I do is inject people all day to look at, and yet I'm critiquing a woman. I'm like, that's not what it's about. No. It's, it's about having unrealistic presentation of what age is. And why yeah. is it that a 50-year-old woman, as soon as you show that you've turned 50 or as soon as you show that you have some aging changes, you're no longer relevant. Right. As soon as Cindy Crawford turned 50, like, that's it. She's over. Yeah. You know, sadly, maybe she stepped down to let her daughter take over. but. I just feel like there's this societal thing where you can be Miley Cyrus or you can be Meryl Streep, but you can't yeah. be anything in between. Right. And I don't understand. We need to break that barrier. And women who have power like JLo need to break that barrier for us. So that's what I was calling her out mm. on. And why is Instagram filtering plastic surgery posts and diet tea posts? Yeah. Like we all know diet tea doesn't work. Even 18 year olds know that. Right.
1: There's a lot bigger problems yes, that they should be filtering. they there are
0: bigger problems. They need to go after these models who, like, Photoshop the hell out of themselves till the point that they Amen. come to this office and we cannot recognize that they're the same person. Are you serious? Yes. And oh, we're so just, happy
1: to hear. It. Spill the oh tea. Oh, my
0: gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really funny because we work with many influencers. They want to come and get their faces done. And sure. Beautiful models. But they come in always in sweatpants and always with no makeup and also not Photoshopped. Right. And it's a whole different person. Yeah. And it really is like, you know, switch and bait. You know, that's the thing is we look at a celebrity and I think we all assume
1: we know no one's skin looks like that. Like we see people every day. We know that's a a produced piece of content. It's We know that.
0: But so many people. A lot of people
1: do. But it is seeing the everybody else is doing it too. So then you think, well, there's something wrong with me. And they just, I think the average person doesn't realize that, first of all, there's photoshopping, there's apps, and there are people who are taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about the phrase you used, which was, you need to maintain yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My beef with these 20-year-olds is like, leave some Botox for the rest of us, <laughs> right? Like, Don't be using up all the Botox and all the injectables when you're, you, know, you haven't even been through enough stuff to create some wrinkles, right? you, you haven't earned your wrinkles <laughs> yet. but. All joking aside, is there an age at which it's like, you're going to have less to fix later if you start maintaining early?
0: That's very true. So I started Botoxing at age 27-ish, right Mm -hmm. when Botox first came out probably. And the more you start early, the less likely you're gonna have lines and wrinkles. So Mm -hmm. the skin is like a piece of paper. You repeatedly fold it, you're gonna get permanent creases, lines, and wrinkles. If your paper stays smooth or your skin doesn't do that, then you're gonna stay smooth. You'll never get lines. So the 20 year olds now that are starting, I think like 25, 27, you know, some people have, that's like a good age, 25 to 27. It's a great age to start. But there are people who are 18 who are born with that deep crease in their mid forehead. Yes. Why not just knock that out early? Yeah. Why not? Because then you just maintain a nice smooth expression. It's a safe product. A hundred million doses have been given and a
1: hundred, let's go over that because that's a, a really big question for people who have never tried it. I mean, I'm a lifer yeah. when it comes to Botox, but a hundred million doses. Yes, and what do we know about its safety? They've and sold
0: actually a hundred million vials, so maybe even more than a hundred million doses, yeah, but true. it's very safe, it's generally. The risk of having any complication is going to be like one in a million. Wow. And it's a product that I use so much. And I think it's temporary. People need to understand if you try Botox and you don't like it, it's going to be gone in about 90 to days. Okay. And it's a muscle relaxant, right? It prevents muscles that frown, that crinkle, that do all these actions that are not desirable. So... There's no problem with that. What um, are some, you know, people
1: assume that Botox is primarily used for wrinkles in the forehead and around the eyes, but what are some off-label or maybe less popular uses of Botox, Well, like lips, neck,
0: right really, Yeah, I use a ton of off-label Botox. I use it for masseters, so for slimming the lower face. It's excellent. Through. Okay, let's
1: talk about that. So yes. meaning Bethany Frankel, Bravo, yes, right? Yes, Housewives, definitely. I just remember Good she example. had these big, giant... It looked like jowls, but like almost like if you were gritting your teeth, I'm trying to describe this for our listener. If you're gritting your teeth and those muscles were to clench, those muscles got bigger and bigger and bigger. Almost like a
0: gumball that popped out from the side of her jaw. Yeah. And then
1: she comes back and everyone's like, oh, she's had plastic surgery. But really the only thing that looked different was her jaw looked much more feminine.
0: Exactly. So it takes a very square and bulky overgrown muscle at the angle of the jaw And it slims it. So it's nice. I think as we get into our 50s, 40s, 30s through 50s, we retain so much muscle tension in our faces. And I saw a funny meme the other day. It was like, I didn't realize I'd been clenching my jaws for the last 15 years. (laughs) It's like, yes, we have this internal stress, and we clench when we concentrate. We get TMJ, teeth grinding problems. These are the people that benefit from a masseter Botox.
1: My thought is if that's relaxing a muscle, Will it impact the way that I chew or my ability to you know, grind food?
0: Minimally, because okay. we do a really gentle dose. So you might do about 40 units of Botox. That's a very low dose, and okay. it does definitely soften the lower face. It slims. Like, if you're putting your arm in a cast, when you pull mm-hmm. your arm out, the muscles are a little yeah. slimmed from atrophy and disuse. So the same thing, the muscles slim down in the lower face. So it's really, it's like a model, supermodel secret, by the way. Interesting. That they will do a little cheek contouring and then to really get that little sucked in model, yeah. you know, the hollow look, they'd slim their masseters too. Olivia Culpo is a beautiful model who has like a great example of that okay. if you look at her photos too.
1: And I understand that, that aesthetic. But now I'm also seeing a lot of people injecting there where they're trying to create a very
0: square jawline. Yeah so So, that's another model trick. So first you slim your masseter so you get a lower face tapered look and then you're going to put some filler at the border of the mandible to give a very Angelina Jolie like a square angled jaw which looks just chiseled and cut and photographs very photogenic look yeah so it's fun not everybody's into that some people feel it's a little masculine but i think it's very beautiful and i, I think it's such a nice trick i use it as a lower face liquid lift effect when mm. i used jawline filler we'll pull back on the mm. lower face where you have any other uses heaviness. of botox So lips, around the lips, if you're a person with a thin upper lip and when you smile, your lips curl in and under. You can check in the mirror if that happens to you. When we sprinkle Botox around the lip, it flips the lip out like a little bee-stung outer poutiness. Would that work on me? Definitely. Okay, we're doing that then. Yes, and it works for gummy smile if you smile real big and your gums tend to show if you have to pose yourself when you're taking photographs. Some people, like their whole life, have always posed and then smiled, which is so awkward and so hard to do, and then they just don't smile when they're not sure. So you can do Botox for gummy smiles, definitely Botox for migraine headaches. If you didn't know, Botox is 90% effective for migraines. It's FDA approved for use for migraines. So instead of taking pills and going to the ER, just do Botox and look smoother and don't have headaches. So that's an excellent use of it too. I also love it for the downturns around the corners of the mouth. So as we... Get older we get this traction to the corners of the mouth pulling down yeah and we also get like if you are someone who works out a lot like for yes, you yes you get these tight platysmal bands yes and those are the vertical bands everything looks great in your face and in photographs you'll have yeah. these two lines yeah i so.
1: i have I, that's where i get botox in my neck for that and i wasn't aware of it until i was filming i don't remember what something direct the camera and the director kept saying can you not flex your neck and i'm like <laughs> okay, and, but every time I talked passionately, you would see my platysmal muscles, uh, yeah. flexing, like Skeletor. I was like, wow, is there anything I can do for this? So I, yeah. I had them Botox. Funny story. And, you know, so now those muscles are relaxed. Yeah. And I was teaching a fitness class and had everyone lay down on the floor to do their crunches. And all of a sudden, my head wouldn't come up. <laughs> like I was like, "Why is my head steam?" And I thought, "Am I paralyzed? What's wrong?" Wow. And then I remembered that. Oh, oh, yeah, I was Botoxing my neck. Those muscles are not pulling my chin forward in that position. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like that dramatic, but it, it I definitely feel is
0: it. noticeable. I've had that experience like, too. Like, why is it harder to do my normal crunches?
1: <laughs> but it was. It looks much more relaxed it and does. much more feminine. And so I probably do that. Uh,
0: twice a year—that's you know, good. Yeah. yeah, I also love an un- unusual use of Botox is like a swan neck, where you can Botox your trapezius muscles, so it gives like a longer neck. That's oh. pretty rare, but it's something we've done. And you can use Botox to slim your calf muscles if you have really tell me about calves. that.
1: So um, someone who's got you know a woman who there's no way to spot reduce that area right. from training. If right. anything, that muscle is going to get stronger and bigger. But there are a lot of women who. It's about boots. It's like yes. I want to wear my favorite pair of boots, but I can't get it over my calves. <laughs> so if it's not an issue of weight, right? That's it's just
0: muscle bulk. Okay. So the same concept of the muscle slims down with a little disuse. So you can inject those really bulky, like, bicyclist calves, and they slim down nicely. It but just to be clear, it's not
1: going to slim fat. What it's doing no, is relaxing just, muscle.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thinning out the muscle. So Botox is used in so many ways, and for sweating or hyperhidrosis, if you have... Palms that sweat, feet that sweat, or armpits that sweat—it's like a miracle. Because some people literally just drip through every shirt. Or yeah. I have a—I have a patient who's a therapist, and she's like, my brow sweats so much. And then patients are telling me their problems, and I'm like dripping, and they get worried, like, what's wrong? Am I really weird?
1: <laughs> so did she Botox her forehead? Yeah, we so
0: Botox the scalp. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: Botox to me is like the gateway drug, right? It kind like it's of is. Yeah, simple. And it's so, I think, acceptable now, like people used Mm -hmm. to not admit to even doing Botox. And now I think injectables are at that level where people, primarily because of Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. They're seeing all of these, like, really beautiful or celebrities or even models saying, like, you know, sharing what they're doing. Right. So tell us, for the person who's listening who doesn't live in Southern California and they're trying to find someone the right MD or the right person to do their injectables, what should they be looking for?
0: That's a good question because there are too many people popping up shops with med spas and things where... They're trying to make the process of getting Botox and fillers as simple as getting like a dry bar or shampoo. Yeah. And it's not. And there are real consequences to it. So I always want everyone to look for certification. Okay. Definitely, you can see someone who's in the core four specialties, which would be like my specialty head and neck surgery or facial plastics, regular plastics, ophthalmology, dermatology. Those are kind of the core four people that do facial things. Ophthalmology. We they do oculoplastics like okay. for around the eyes and stuff like that, All and right. then definitely nurses, PAs, and nurse injectors can do also procedures, but should be supervised with the physician who's like their medical director and someone who's been certified with several years of training nurses have the ability to get certification for doing injectables. So if okay. they've taken the trouble to do that, that makes them a great injector. Okay. And also if they've been around injecting for three or four years. Well, it makes them a great injector years. on
1: paper. Right. But there's definitely an aesthetic to this. An artistic eye makes a huge difference. And I, frankly, and I mean, I think being a woman makes a huge difference too. Just like really understanding yes. all of the nuances of what we're looking at and... And then looking at the face. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm so glad you said that because it's like almost taboo to say that. But I really firmly believe that women have better injection techniques and skills just in terms of like, if I'm having someone touch my face, I want it to be someone who's applied makeup correctly. Oh, exactly. Who knows where to put highlighter? Who knows yes. where it, like you know, to put blush? And Because that's almost what we do with injectables. When I'm using injectables these days, I'm using it not as a filler up. Anybody can fill you up with a shot. Okay. Okay. But this is a way of contouring the face and doing kind of underground highlights. It's all about the interplay of light and shadows. Mm. So the artistic eye is so important. And I do feel that Yeah, some men have it, just like some men are great hairdressers and great artists and everything else, but not every man really cares about, like, your brow position, the way a woman cares about brow position, yeah. and not every woman has that. And that's a that stereotype. Guy. So yeah, not right, a, exactly. So we'll but, throw some of them in there so too. So look exactly. So look at, at certification. Look at examples of their work if they have you know an Instagram or a portfolio of work. Always look for a reference if you've had a friend who's had great work done. It's definitely where do find
1: the dirt, right? Because we know if we go to someone's website or their Yelp, we're going to primarily see. Um, Yeah, the good stuff and Mm -hmm. the great photos, which we don't even know if that's their work necessarily. I mean, you hear these stories. So is there a place where you can actually find if there's been, I don't know, any complaints?
0: You can definitely go to the medical board website of every state and Mm. look up a physician by last name, first name, license. You can go to a nursing board and look up a nurse. So each one of our specialties has accreditation organizations. So everybody who's got a certification to practice as a license with a RN license, nurse practitioner license, you can look us all up. Let's talk about the foundation. Yeah. So I've heard you say that
1: you're not just filling up a face, that you're really taking into consideration facial structure. What does it mean if someone comes to you and says, like, I'm just not happy with my face, I'm also not ready for a facelift, but I feel like I can improve some things. What does that look like in your mind, that -hmm. process?
0: So I like to look at the face overall as upper third, middle third, lower third. Kind of breaking down the face and looking at the anatomy of what's going on. So when someone's face is aging and changing, it changes at several levels. The skin is one concern, then the muscles, then the fat, then the bone. Okay, I want to go slow with that. So it's skin. So the skin. (laughs) And then? Then it's the muscles. Okay. Then it's the fat pads. Okay. And then it's the bone structure of the face. And we can't really change bone. We actually can can somewhat. So, we can change the appearance of bone with some of our thicker fillers, like Radius is one of the fillers I use that is the consistency of a bone paste and made of some of the same materials that bone itself is made up. So I think one of the future aspects of this industry is we're going to start changing things at the deeper level. Mm. The reason why people look overfilled and bloaty and puffy from fillers is because of people trying to do too much at the skin level. Mm. Because these fillers that we use are mainly line fillers wrinkle fillers. Mm -hmm. So we have fillers that fill lines and improve creases in your skin. Then we have fillers that are placed deeper in the level of the fat pads to kind of support and improve the contour of the face. Okay. So and then probably like the highest level placement of filler will be uh, along the bone. Like Mm -hmm. how nicely will my skin drape if my bones just stay youthful? Mm -hmm. Sadly as we age our bones change like our jaw gets thinner. Like you might have noticed in much older women that they get some bone thinning osteoporosis of the jaw. They just look frail. Yeah. Yeah. And the eye socket enlarges and rotates in and the mid mid face bones kind of cave in a little. So all these things like play upon each other. So if you have an injector who understands all these levels of aging, it's easier to place fillers at different levels to improve things. And if you don't understand that, then you're going to see an injector who's going to fill you up in the skin level and your skin's going to probably look a little puffy, bloaty Mm. and There's only so much you can do with that.
1: I see, you know, there's a few people I follow on Instagram. I won't name names, but reality TV stars where you can tell they've, it's almost body dysmorphia. Yes. You know, and it's not a question of whether it's gone too far. It's way too far. far. No one thinks it looks good, Mm -hmm. but they're still doing it. And is that what you think is going on there? Like some dysmorphia?
0: Definitely. And it's a scary industry. Like to be an actor is so hard because there's so much high definition TV and people are so mean and critical with their comments. Oh, yeah. And the actors themselves overanalyze like every shadow. And I just want to say, take the mirror away. Yeah. But but I do understand their obsession, but that can go like really too far because if you trace every line and every shadow, you're going to just be a round pumpkin face at some point. And it just doesn't look great. It doesn't look right. But it takes a lot of courage to say no to a patient. So you have to have an injector. Measure for you. Yeah. So when I come in the room and I see the overfilled patient, I definitely try to steer them away from any mid face fillers and I might like they don't wanna leave without something. Mm. They really just won't leave without something. Wow. And it's really hard to say, you know, I'm not gonna help you. Instead you wanna lead them down the right path of like, trust me, I'm gonna tell you Right now you don't need anything in here. Let's work on an area like the areas where we can help those patients are usually in their temples and their chin because those are areas when we put volume, everyone looks better Mm. and a round face looks more proportional. Interesting. But I I have a a, firm policy about if someone's starting to look abnormal, we need to help you with that and we need to say no.
1: It seems to me that fillers in your butt are becoming much more acceptable and (laughs) common. So I I know that there are uses other than just doing like, you know, what we think of as the traditional, like maybe even the Kardashians, that type of look. But I see that you've been doing some really cool things with like just that genetic dip in the back of your butt or like this one area where you've got a spot of cellulite or a dimple that just no matter what you do to exercise, it won't go away and you can use fillers for that.
0: You can, and we have some immediate fillers, like radius can be placed immediately where you can see results right away pretty much. And Sculpture is sort of our long-term filler that grows collagen and takes about 90 days to see results, but it's growing your own collagen that's gonna last in those areas.
1: Which do you prefer then?
0: I like a combination of both. Mm. I I have found that Sculpture is really good for growing bigger volume and size, but Mm -hmm. you have to use quite a few vials and it's nice for that area you talked about the hip dip which Mm -hmm. i think is that area on the side where sometimes women look a little caved in sure so i love it for that i think for cellulite dimples the radius is probably going to be like my preferred product because it fills in right away and you can really see exactly where you're improving the depression yeah yeah
1: and what is the most i would say or the right way to ask this question is what procedure are you seeing like a major increase in people calling in and asking for?
0: So jawline filler is super popular, and then also my injection rhinoplasty, which is a liquid rhino, which I do this fun thing I call the Tinkerbell Tip Lift. And it's just the most rewarding thing. It gives so much joy to patients because they've always obsessed about a nose that they don't love. They're a little scared of surgery. Yeah. But they can come in and virtually in like 15 minutes just leave with the cute perky nose that's got no more hump. Nice lifted tip. That's so popular right now.
1: Now, you also do rhinoplasties.
0: I do surgery for that, yes. So that's... this is
1: interesting to me because <laughs> yeah. that's like walking in and you've got someone who's a perfect candidate for a rhinoplasty, which is a far more lucrative yeah. procedure. But you will say to them, I've got this other alternative that's going to Obviously, not be long lasting, but it's a temporary fix that's uh, less invasive, right. no recovery time per se. Mm-hmm. So, how do you, from a businesswoman's standpoint, now, like, how do you mm-hmm. decide what mm-hmm. you're gonna suggest to someone?
0: I always start with the gold standard for you is surgery. And mm. you can definitely do surgery, but these are patients who sort of self-select that they've already decided they're scared of surgery, but this appeals to them. Yeah. And I think it's a nice glimpse into what life could be like with, yes. with a rhinoplasty. So a good portion of them might convert over to doing something surgical.
1: How safe are these, aside, we've talked about Botox, but how safe are the other injectables?
0: Everything is safe, but you know, there's a every filler, even lip filler, even your most common fillers have a, probably a one in a hundred thousand risk of having an event like a filler plugging a blood vessel, filler mm-hmm. migrating where it doesn't belong and causing, you know, blockage to blood flow to skin or loss of vision or stroke. These are so rare. Mm-hmm. One in a hundred thousand. That's like you, you know, safer than fillers are safer than driving to work every day.
1: Wow. That's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You think about other procedures, like a dental procedure, or you know, doing something with your eyes. I mean, there are so many things that people do, even electively. Yeah. That we don't consider the risk.
0: Yeah, I think the fear of filler is the fear of looking overfilled. Agreed. Like if people understood that filler is not about distorting your face and filling you up. It's really about replacing your youthful fat and youthful volumes, mm-hmm. and just maintaining your normal positions of your cheeks and yeah. your jawline. Then they wouldn't have any fear.
1: Let's talk about bedside manner. Yes. How if someone comes to you, or they're you know looking to for someone else to do their injectables, and they're very nervous about it and afraid of the the bruising and and having a needle in their face. Mm-hmm. What makes someone most comfortable
0: when they're in your chair? I think that we do a great job in my office of really just holding people's hand through the whole process. So we bring you in, we put some numbing cream on, we'll talk you through a whole consult. I will always make someone laugh. I will (laughs) always point out their beauty first. Mm. I always want to start with like, first of all, what brought them in? You know, sometimes it's a major life change or a major thing coming or just like an identity crisis. Interesting. And it's so nice to know, and I really feel like we bond with our patients when they leave here, they're our friend. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a really intimate relationship for someone to say, I feel terrible about, I'm insecure about this feature of my face and my identity, and can you help me with it?
1: You know, so, I, maybe you can help me with this. I recently did an episode talking about aging, mm-hmm. and I asked my callers to leave voicemail messages and to share with me very honestly, how they felt about aging and I specifically asked for women I think over 40 maybe 45. So amazing.
0: I love but that. But it was
1: the saddest episode. Was, was it not it Kristen? Yes. Kristen's here in the room with us and it yeah. was such a sad episode because women were just saying I don't recognize myself. I don't know what happened. I looked so young. I used to, you know, really be proud of my looks and now mm-hmm. I don't know how my husband you know, finds me attractive. I have to spend so much time on my makeup, and I still don't like the way I look. Yet, most of them, they want to consider doing something for their looks. But why do they struggle with that thought? Why do they feel like that's why are they paralyzed? That's yeah. a, that
0: is the fear factor. But one of the nice things about Instagram is it's allowed people to take a view into my office, into a plastic surgeon's office, is a very private and sort of sophisticated thing that normally people never got to see what happens behind yeah. closed doors so yeah. to be able to come in and witness like what a beauty plan looks like and what a normal woman in a chair looks like versus what a starlet in my chair looks like and they all look the same and they're vulnerable and they're fun people and I tease them and they laugh and it shows my personality and my staff so it's really brought down the barriers to entry and they can message us directly answer yeah. questions so I love that aspect of it but I also have been asking women like Carmen, my funny nurse who you might have seen in some videos, she and I always ask, like, what's the best part of aging? We have a 92-year-old who gets Botox, so I've been asking people what's the best part about aging and what's good about getting old because sometimes it is depressing like what possibly could be good about this Mm -hmm. so they talk about well finally you have your confidence like you do whatever you want and you don't care what people think you don't give a shit anymore yeah which i think is so refreshing but that was kind of one of the few things that came out like they were people are sad to lose their vitality their joints are stiffer things like that but the things that came out are freedom having financial freedom to do what they want to do being able to, like, really go after goals and not have, like, with abandon. Because right. knowing that there's a limitation to how many years are ahead, And really I think are. you get
1: to a place where you just, you don't care what other people think. Because you, re- no. you finally realize, like, what does that matter? Yeah. If this person doesn't agree with what I'm doing, you know?
0: Exactly. Eddie Murphy said something cool on his Instagram the other day. And he was like, just imagine you have 75 summers, 75 birthdays, 75 weddings you can go to in your lifetime. There's 75 summers and I was like wow, wow wait wait a minute I'm at 50 so does that mean I have only 25 more I'm 50 wow yeah. you look amazing thank you thank you
1: I'm is coming it, out is that 50. hard <laughs> in your industry meaning like if you're a hairdresser yeah and you introduce yourself as such you know the first thing people are looking at is your hair right if you're in fitness people you know looking at your body if you're a nutritionist they want to see what's on your plate so, so when people come into your office is there do you feel a pressure to maintain a certain look and image?
0: I mean, I maintain because I want to look good and feel good, and it gives me the confidence to do the things I have, the plans I have. Mm-hmm. But yes, I have to. I am a role model for aging well, so I take care of my skin, and I didn't used to. I have mm-hmm. four kids, I have one set of twins, oh my gosh. and two others three girls, one boy. And like when you're in the thrush, you know, the busyness of it all, like I used to wash my face with dial soap because that's all there was at the side of the sink and that's all I have time for. But like I just started to realize that I'm advising people all day long to do these things to look great and I'm not even taking care of myself. Mm. So I've really made an effort to take care of myself. And I don't do a lot. I'm so busy that I don't have a ton of time. Like I could use a little filler right now. But that's one thing that keeps people natural, too. It's like, yes, do your Botox three times a year. Do your filler twice a year. Don't do stuff every month. You don't Mm. need to. Except for, like, skincare you need every night. So things you do every night that really keep you, you know, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's not seeing me twice a year that's going to make those major changes. But all of these things in combination, you know, I want people to do that, so I practice that. But, yeah. Yeah. Do I want to tell the world that I'm you know, not taking care of myself? No way. I'm, I'm an advocate.
1: A lot of gals want to know, okay, I've been doing fillers and Botox for several years. Now I'm in my mid-40s. At what stage should I consider doing a lower facelift or a neck lift or a full facelift yes. so that I don't look shockingly different?
0: I think sooner than later is the answer. And the mm. trend right now is younger facelifts. So 55, 60, great age to do a facelift. I always want patients to do surgery when their skin has good elasticity and stretch. That means like a bathing suit has great elasticity. If you give me a bathing suit from three years ago with no more stretch in it, I can Mm. operate, cut, trim, tie it, sew it back together it's not gonna be as vibrant, bouncy, and attractive as like operating on skin that has great elasticity. Yeah. So I think waiting too long is a problem because sometimes people say, oh, I'm gonna do that when I'm 70. And then it's like, why are you gonna wait to have you know less results? You're gonna have sure. poor skin quality, less collagen, less elastin, and your results won't last as long.
1: Are you seeing people do it even younger?
0: It's very common now. Yeah, actually, the 45 to 55 is like sort of the new age group mm-hmm. for younger facelifts. And I tell patients, if you can look in the mirror, and every time you look in the mirror, you're pulling back on your face and neck, yeah. particularly your neck, then it's time to think about something surgical. Yeah. And if you can pull about a centimeter of skin... A centimeter is about the size of a fingernail. If you can pull and lift back a centimeter, that's enough to tighten and trim with surgery. Because we can do filler for that. But by the time you put that much filler to pull back and tent back on a centimeter skin, it's a yeah. lot of filler and it starts to look abnormal. Yeah. So rather than looking abnormal and overfilled, definitely think about surgery and don't be scared of surgery because it's very, very safe. Mm. And if it's a week of downtime, you can be restaurant ready in two weeks. Patients do great with these surgeries, and the incisions are quite hidden. That's amazing.
1: What do you think about this trend of <laughs> so many models who, their before and afters, they just they don't even look like the same person someone really has don't. carefully sculpted, but beautifully. I mean, like the Hadid sisters, they're beautiful girls. Yes. But if you look at the before and afters, it's quite remarkable. It's a are lot. Are you seeing more of
0: that? It's a lot. Yes, I am, and almost... Now we have these beauty enthusiasts or beauty perfectionists who are Mm. the 20 to 30 year olds who are coming in and they don't have, like you said, they haven't earned their Botox yet. They don't have the the wrinkles or the the face that's been through anything yet. But they have this aesthetic ideal that they're striving to create on their face as their canvas. So it's so interesting to see these beauty for perfectionists or beauty, you know. So
1: these are gals who are already beautiful, but they want to be perfect.
0: They have this image in their head of what they want to look like. And they've picked the features of different models and different people and put that into all one thing that they want to achieve, which is so interesting. But this is not different from anything in human existence where we've always tattooed ourselves and pierced ourselves and and, dyed our hair and like our bodies, are canvas. And it's okay to do those things if they're safe and they're done well. And, you know, I think within the confines of common sense.
1: What is your guess? will happen to a young gal who's like in her early 20s and she starts already doing the cheek implants, the nose implant, the jawline, the Botox.
0: That scares me. And like I speak to my patients as a mother, so sorry if I'm being maternalistic (laughs) or condescending or whatever. But I really feel that they need a grain of salt and they need a dose of reality because too many people come in here thinking that these models just look the way they look. They're born like that and they've done nothing. And I have to constantly correct like... People will show me lips and say, I want lips like these. These are really natural. And I'll say, no, those are two syringes right there. Two syringes. Everyone's vision of what normal is is kind of distorted now by the new Instagram, which is like every lip has two syringes. Every face has Botox. Wow. So the reality is it are warping in our heads a little. I really feel that I have a duty to teach my younger patients that it's important to love yourself first because if you can't love yourself at 20, there's no amount of filler and Botox mm. that's going to teach you that. And if we have this generation of women that's raised purely based on their appearance and their value comes from their appearance, then how sad is that going to be? Already women are cursed with that. Yeah. Already we face this, like we judge ourselves so harshly. People send me messages on Instagram about Dr. K, you have to help me. I have this and this and this wrong. I'm so mutilated and asymmetric. And I open the image and I see like this adorable, very cute, very pretty girl who's. I
1: get those too. It's so so upsetting because I
0: just want to reach out and say, You're so pretty. Why are you critiquing yourself so poorly? And like. You know, it's very powerful how images distort our sense of reality and who we are. Yeah. And it, we can have this generation of over-injected 20-year-olds. If you start injecting yourself too young, you are going to look a little too fake, and you're going to look older than you should.
1: Yes, like I see that
0: all the time. Kylie Jenner, I think, looks a little older than yeah. she really should. And yeah. Bella Hadid, they're right on the border of like, yes, it looks good on the runway, but does it really look good when you're off camera? I right. don't know.
1: The last question I wanted to ask you is for the person who's thinking like, okay, i'm ready to do this where should they start if there's like one particular feature that almost everyone that walks through your doors you're like Mm. if you had to pick one thing that almost everyone just looks a little more youthful that's such
0: a great question so for sure you should start with your cheeks Mm. so i think 70 percent of your facial beauty comes from the mid face and the cheeks and these Mm. are the anchors that support the face it draws all the attention to the eyes so if we have a beautiful heart-shaped face with attention drawn to the cheeks, that's going to really transform the face. So most of the time, I'll recommend a little baby Botox for the brow, which is just a light dose so people can get confident with like the process of doing an injectable and feel like, oh, yeah, I look great. I can try the next step and then some cheeks.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So that's a really transformative thing. Lips is fun, too, but, you know, you have to want the lips.
1: And, boy, I just have seen so many... Poor. I mean, your lips are absolutely gorgeous. Your work is insane. Of course, we'll oh, link to you. it in the show notes. And I think seeing your stories go through her highlights on her Instagram, because you'll learn so much the way you've organized each one of the areas of the face and what you're mm-hmm. doing here in the office. And then just spend some time on your Instagram page. I think they'll get a real sense of what great work looks like. Yes. And I would say that, especially when it comes to lips, I mean, I think because I'm I have an artistic eye. I can see when someone's had work done and the person who's done the injecting wasn't looking at, okay, the symmetry of their face and right. and all of those things are so important. So for people who are interested, do you book out in advance? Like can someone who's out of state, could they fly in and do a oh, consultation sure. with you?
0: We always help people who have to fly in and have travel plans or brides that need to get in right away. Just tell us your story and we'll help you. That's amazing. <laughs> do you we'll do like, you like a in. Skype consultation? We do, with my nurses, do the Skyping, and then I will look at the pictures and kind of make a few suggestions and things. So I think that's really effective. But mostly people fly in, we do the consult the same day as we do the treatment. So we plan on about an hour, hour and a half for your visit, which is a long time, but it takes time to take your photos, map out your face, Mm. and just teach you about injectables, because mostly people come without the full knowledge base.
1: You're actually a teacher of the teachers. Like you actually... Teach people how to do this, I and do. it's more than just having a needle and the product. So, where could people learn more about mastering that skill?
0: Oh well, my Master of Aesthetics course—I put that on twice a year, and it's okay. been really a great conference. It's international. Okay, it's here in Pasadena at the Langham Hotel, and I teach my cutting-edge techniques, and I bring in a faculty that teaches all of the really state-of-the-art techniques. So if you're an injector who's wanting to learn, it's a great overview. And I also have put that into an online form. So Mastery wow. of Aesthetics Online, you can learn from anywhere in the world. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And skincare Line, where can we find that?
0: That's also on our website. It's okay. my Katie skincare It's www.beautybydrkay.com. And I'm coming out this year with a couple of new products, I'm going to have my really amazing Hero product, which is kind of an all-in-one, everything-you-need, Really premium product my favorite products for people who are just starting out like my desert island products would be vitamin c yes. my vitamin c serum every morning okay with a good sunscreen and some retin-a my diamond line refine at night those nice. two things are all you really need to age nicely and prevent like deterioration of collagen and skin changes well,
1: this has been wonderful thank you so much i really appreciate yeah. just all the knowledge and again for those of you who are interested in and learning more about what it looks like and understanding, like, I mean, the girls and guys, they're not in pain, and they look so natural and beautiful afterwards. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us here today. Oh,
0: thank you for coming, and I really love your Instagram and your exercise routines, and you have taught me so much, too. Thank you,
1: that's so so fun, so flattering, I love it.
0: Yeah, so thanks for coming, and everybody out there, stay beautiful. Stay beautiful. As
1: I had mentioned after this interview, For the very first time, I became one of Dr. K's patients. And I bet you would just love to know what I had done and what it looks like. Well, you're in luck. I've detailed all of that in my blog, the link to which is found below in the show notes. There I talk about what I did. You'll see some before and after photos. I'll talk about the pain. I'll talk about the program or the plan that she put together for me and so much more. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to tell you. I'm so freaking happy. The happiest I've ever been with doing something like this. But I've also had fillers done before where I wasn't crazy about it. Like it either, I didn't notice any difference and I paid a fortune for it or it looked kind of like weird and bumpy and it wasn't major, but I just wasn't crazy about it. So I was really careful about doing my research before making that investment again. And I just have to say, the injections that you're doing, the effectiveness and the way that it improves your looks and the way that you're able to control the outcome, meaning I want to look natural or maybe you don't want to look natural. Maybe you want to look completely different. It is all based on the practitioner that you go to. Do not go into this thinking, I know someone who can save me a bunch of money. Do not do that. You get what you pay for. Do your research. All right, guys. Oh, and don't forget, send Dr. K an Instagram message. Let her know you got to listen to this episode. My guests love it when you guys do that, and it helps me to bring them back. So if you'd like to hear Dr. K back on the show to answer additional questions that we weren't able to get to, take a screenshot of this episode, send it to her, tell her, girlfriend, you're amazing, and we'd love to have you back on the show. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I love you. I mean it, and I'll talk to
2: you soon. Maybe you're trying to lose weight or just be healthy, and feel confident and happy. In order to do that, you need a new way. Problem is, losing weight is hard, and keeping it off feels almost impossible. At the 131 Method, we've helped over 50,000 people find a new way, better way. Here's how this works First, you start it. You do that by identifying what it is you want to work on first. Is it your weight loss? Is it gut health or do you just wanna feel healthier all around? Then you pick a start date, log in and go. Step two, slay it. You'll get your meal plans and hundreds of delicious simple recipes and we'll also change up your eating plans every four weeks. That's going to boost your metabolism and it's called diet phasing. We'll help you personalize the process with our team of registered dietitians to make this something you can do for life. Then you own it. No more wasting time on fad diets. It's time to take control of your health, to heal your relationship with food and your body. We wanna help you lose the weight and keep it off. We want to help you to look and feel freaking amazing. So go to 131method.com and let's do this.